Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. The Flames fall 5-2 to the Minnesota Wild as we get things going on your Flames Talk postgame show this evening. Flames Talk postgame uh, with Pat, Derek, and, and Corey. We're just getting started. Yeah, tough one for the Flames tonight. 5-2, your final score. Flamestock Postgame is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Flames trailed for 58 minutes and 34 seconds in this game tonight. Very similar to what we saw Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks. An early deficit, and they couldn't overcome it. And this time, it never really felt like they were going to. Final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames fall 5-2 to the Minnesota Wild on a Tuesday night as we get our Flamestock postgame show underway. And uh, we kick things off by going immediately to the Flames locker room and check in with Ilya Solovia who got back in the lineup and recorded his first career NHL point tonight in this 5-2 setback. Uh, Ilya, first of all, just overall, what did you think of, of how the team played tonight? What did you see out there tonight? Uh, hello, first of all. Hello. Uh, I don't know like how what I can say tell you right now because uh, it's... Um, um, you know, like first goal, it's on me 100%, and a uh, couple mistakes on the in turnovers, and we lose the game. Uh, but you know, like there is, was a, a lot of good things too. So like we play good out in our zone, we got a good transition from the our zone to neutral zone and our zone. So uh, it's like you know, it's it's kind of difficult to tell something about the game. What? How did you like the third period from the team tonight? Uh, I think it was the best period uh, for for us today, and uh, probably we can score more than two goals. But the goalie in uh, Minnesota play well too, so um, it's like I think we have to we have to win this game because we got a lot of good chances and uh, but we didn't we didn't score it. And uh, again, how I said it's a lot of turnovers by us. Uh, Ilya, you picked up your first career NHL point. I know it comes in a loss, but uh, how did that feel to know that you uh, picked up your first point tonight? You know, like it's a again, like how I how I tell you earlier, it's like yeah, I'm 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 inside of me. I'm happy, but third game in a row, like when I play, we lost. So honestly, like I will be way more happy than we win this game and I don't have any points so it's like yeah it's uh how I feel right now but I, I'm pretty sure like next game we will we will win uh and a final question Ilya just what did you see on that play that that led to Connor Zeri's goal how did you uh how did you see that play develop I just I just beat the guy on the blue line and I saw the Zar Zar got a good screen in front of net and uh present me a stick I just Tried to hit this stick and uh, it's a little bit lucky maybe, but he got a good tape. Tipping on the net and uh, we scored a goal. So at this time, honestly, yeah, I was happy. But right now it's yeah, it's difficult to tell something about me right now. Well, Ilya, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this tonight and uh, good luck on Thursday. Hey, Thank you so much. Yeah, 
it's it's going to be our game. Thank you. Thank you, Ilya. Uh, Ilya Silovyov from the Flames dressing room post game following a 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild. Ilya picking up his first career NHL point on Calgary's third period goal from Connor Zeri, but uh, as he said, would have much rather picked up that first career NHL point in a win as opposed to a loss as we are underway on your Flames Talk post game show and underway on this Tuesday night final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Five Two flames fall to the Minnesota Wild. It's Pat Steinberg with Corey Sarich and Derek Wills around the table. Uh, we're available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, gents, let's dive in. Uh, Sarchi, that was uh, that was a tough one. They 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 never really seemed to find their game when it was still close. You know, at three nothing in the goalie pull, and at four one in the third period to start. Yeah, but when the game was still actually realistically within their reach they just never felt like they were close tonight yeah if it's a if you erase the first third of that game a little over it's uh a 2-2 hockey game which is not that bad but with how bad the first period was that just kind of left a cloud over that whole hockey game it was it's a start that you can't have um when you're in this position you're at home you're in front of a team that's coming in that's 3-0 3-0 and in their last three under their new coach, you have to be ready to go. And whatever the excuse, uh, you just have to find a way to be better than that. There were, oh, there was no back pressure from the forwards in the first period, which led to too much time in their own end, which left a D-zone turnovers, and they were just, like, there were no clear, there were no clears with strength or with purpose, and then it caused the low coverage to really suffer. So um, you just... If you don't tidy up all those areas off the start, it's it's difficult to get going. Uh, let's welcome in Flames assistant coach uh, Dan Lambert, who joins us here in the hot stove lounge as well on our Flames Talk post game show. Derek, Corey, and Pat around the table. Uh, Dan, uh, I'm I'm curious as to how you saw this one getting away on the group tonight. Yeah, <clears throat> once again we you know we gave up the first goal in the first couple of minutes of the game and. And then you start chasing it. I thought uh, we were sloppy. <clears throat> um, I didn't love our work ethic, and um, you know it's it's not a, a recipe for success. And um, yeah, I mean we 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 all know that we can we can be better. We need to be better if we want to have success in this league. We're playing against a team that <clears throat> made a coaching change. They they're playing well. They're playing hard. They. I think they'd outscored their last three games, outscored their opponent eight to one in the first periods. Um, certainly those are, you know, and, and we knew that and we knew they were going to come out flying and they did and we weren't ready for it. After the first period, your goaltender makes some really incredible saves again and we thought we were maybe going to see uh, a second coming of the Las Vegas game where he had to make some large saves for his team, let them get their traction. What's the messaging in between periods? What What do you guys say to the guys after a period that, again, like you described, was not very pretty? Well, you know, we all were uh, <clears throat> very, uh, I think we understood that if it wasn't for our goalie, we would have been down quite a few goals. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he gave us an opportunity, a chance to, to stay in a game that we didn't deserve to be. And um, unfortunately, we, you know, they come out first two shifts, I believe it was uh, two more goals. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we just got to clean things up. We, you know, we're uh, right now we're, we're struggling with making five foot passes and, and uh, you know, breakouts and winning battles. And, um, you know, those aren't ways that you're going to have success at this level. I know for a fact, because I've heard it from every one of the coaches and from a lot of the players, 
that the coaches have stressed to the players the importance of being ready to play when the puck drops. What goes into a good start, both before the puck drops and, and after? Well, I, I think a big part of that is, is a mindset. I mean, you know, as a, as a player, um, it's your responsibility to be ready the minute that that puck has dropped. And, and there's no doubt that, you know, as coaches, when, when players aren't ready, you feel like you've you've not done your job either. So um, we need to understand that you can't just show up for 30 minutes or 20 minutes or 10 minutes and, and think you're going to win hockey games. Um, you know, the, the, this league gets harder to win games as the season goes. And, and uh, we we need to, um, you know, kind of look at each other, look, look at yourself in the mirror and, and um, <clears throat> bring a better version of yourself, I guess. We're chatting with Dan Lambert, Flames assistant coach, following tonight's 5-2 setback to Minnesota. Just to pick up on that, can you give a sense as to how difficult it can be to to be playing from behind and, and to feel like maybe you're constantly chasing? What what how, how taxing can that be on a team? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I think this league is a known, it's a known fact that, you know, usually when you score first, your odds of, of winning go up to, I think it's 65, 68, 70%, whatever it is, it's a, it's a significant um, number. And uh, we've, we've done that a lot this season where we've, we have come from behind. Now, <clears throat> credit to our players, you know, we have been able to, but you can't just do that every night and think that you're going to, you're going to chase and be successful um how difficult is it i mean you start pressing and next thing you know you know you're giving up chances that's what happens it's and then you start cheating and when you cheat well that's you're not gonna have success we saw dustin wolf come in in relief um i thought he did a really nice job out there and there was a couple of scrambly goals in his crease but uh just just talk a little bit to to him having to come in being cold tonight, getting coming in in relief of Dan Vladar. I thought he handled it quite well. I did too. <clears throat> I mean, they scored on a, a shot tip from the slot that was bar down, I believe, and then he got, you know, run over by his own player and the other. Like, uh, I thought uh, he made a cu- couple breakaway saves, one for sure. Um, had, you know, it wasn't an easy sh- situation for him to get in, and, and I thought he came in. He played a solid uh, half a game for sure. I thought you guys were a lot better after. It was three nothing. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's easier to play when you're down three. Fair. And you know what? And yeah, we we were a little better, but I mean, you know, you're down three, you're not going to win many. Appreciate the time, Dan. Thank you so much for this tonight. Thank you. That's Thanks, Dan. Uh, Dan Lambert, Flames assistant coach, following a five-two setback to the Minnesota Wild on this uh, Tuesday night. Dan joining us here in the Hot Stove Lounge as our Flames Talk post-game show is well underway. Derek Wills, Corey Sarge, Pat Steinberg, along with you, and yeah, Wilsey. Uh, it's just one of those nights where and and uh, was riding the elevator down with a couple of people and uh, in, involved with the team and and. Didn't start on time in the first, but you were lucky. Like you got out. Dan Vladar allowed the Flames to get out of that yep. first period down one nothing, and they don't start on time in the second. And and a one nothing lead turns into a three nothing lead. And and Willsey, that was kind of my my point to Sarchi too. Is like when the game was still in reach, they didn't have anything. Three nothing is as Dan just said. That's when games get a little easier to play. Yeah, and it's almost like they need some sort of wake up call to get them emotionally and physically engaged into games. They've been at their best when they've been behind. Problem is they've been behind way too often. And we talked about a pregame tonight. We actually said sooner or later, falling behind is going to catch up with you. Like all the come from behind wins have been a lot of fun.
for fans and for broadcasters and I'm sure for players. And and talking about Find Away Flames 2.0, is, it's been great. But we knew this was coming. And they have now given up the first goal in 12 of the last 15 games. And somehow they're above 500 in those games, 6-5-1. and one. But you, you can't do that against good teams often. And you can't even do that against teams that are kind of in the middle of the pack, which is, well, not where the Wild are, but where they're trending to be. So they're going to have to clean up their starts. Uh, this team just doesn't have enough offensive firepower yeah. to continue to fight yeah. from behind to win hockey games. Yeah, and the the part that really adds another layer to it and kind of blows my mind is it's so fresh in your mind because you just went down two nights ago. And then yeah. with the stats you're throwing at us, Wilsey, like it's kind of overwhelming. So how can that not be the first thing you're concentrating on? Maybe it's going to take something different. Maybe you're going to have to start AJ Greer and have him go out there and grab somebody. You you made you you kind of pointed to that you you pointed that to me uh, just before the game started. You were like, oh, I guess they're not going to do that. They're going to go with their big guns. You, you wonder if maybe that that might be something that they would have as as an option to them. Sometimes you maybe need to just have those couple of hard checking shifts. Uh, right off the start of the game. And who are your hard checkers? Well, it's usually your third and fourth line. So maybe get them out there, let them loose. Maybe they create some momentum for you. Just something different. You got to, you know what? It, it's not easy in this league. And it's, you can always say you're going to be re- be ready, but to prepare and, and to start on time, I agree with what Dan said. It is personal commitment. It is you as an individual that has to be ready no matter what. And if the coach gives you the option to, kick soccer balls around or get out on the ice and go for a skate, whatever gets you ready. So you, I, I just think maybe there's something in the room right now where you don't have enough guys putting enough focus on that. But these are professional athletes. They'll say, you know, it's our job to get ourselves ready. But I've played on different groups, and I've had groups that can do it, and I've had groups that struggle to do it. And when it happens this many times, well, then you look to your personnel. Can they get themselves ready? I actually brought it up. I think it was on Saturday. Maybe they should st- start the fourth line. There are a number of teams in the league that start their fourth line, not only in the first period, but at the beginning of the second period and the third period. And I actually quite liked the fourth line tonight with Adam Rzitska between A.J. Greer and Walker Dewar, who after being a healthy scratch a bunch, I thought had his best game since... Earlier this season, late last season, he had some jump in his step. But uh, to your point, if you put those guys out there and you get the puck in deep and you can cycle it, that would be a, a great way to start the game. And then maybe then you bring your top line on the ice to try to take advantage of, of that type of early momentum. But uh, they have to do something different. The other thing you and I talked about off the air upstairs just on our way down, morning skates. I don't have the numbers, and if you guys disagree... Feel free to voice your opinion. I think the Flames have a way better record when they've had a full morning skate than when they haven't this year. It might have absolutely nothing to do with it. Corey, maybe you can weigh in as a former player, but that's just kind of my high-level observation. I I don't know if it's it's impacted them at all, but uh, just wondering about that. Well, I don't know if anybody will take my opinion with... uh... I don't know what the word is I'm searching for. I don't know if I'm very a very well-rounded or an average answer that you're going to get. <laughs> I'm going to be very skewed to one side. I loved routine. 
I ate the same thing all the time. You always took morning skate too, right? Oh, yeah, because I needed to. I needed to go do some hot laps, and Mark Giordano will appreciate that. <laughs> get out there, bust your hump, get the lactic acid going. Even in pregame warm-up, I, I couldn't afford to stand around and wait. If I had crappy legs, I was burning them out. I was trying to get them tired, like skate the same amount in a first period, which for me doesn't didn't have to be a lot. If I skated hard for five or six minutes, maybe less, that's like simulating a first period for me. And get them ready to go. But I, I took ownership of that, and I tried to be as ready and prepared as I could. But I back to you with the morning skates. I love that stuff because it put everybody on the same page. It was everybody was out there. I know there's a lot of guys that don't like it, but still, it, it was about accountability, and I just feel like everybody together in the same spot, you were getting something accomplished, and it was getting everybody ready at the same time. And, Pat, the other point I brought up when Corey and I were chatting about it is there's a lack of practice time because there are four mandatory days off per month, and a lot of teams, including the Flames, if they feel like the guys have had a, a tough schedule, will give them even more days off to try to, to manage that rest. So finding practice time can sometimes be a challenge. And if you do have a full morning skate, it's kind of like a mini practice. So it's a way to work out a few things that maybe uh, you think you need to work on. So j- just some food for thought. I, it's just the starts. I think it, it's got us all thinking about, okay, what can the Flames do? How what can, can they, they control to, to get start a little bit stronger moving forward here. Yep. This one this one was really troubling because it was the first and then it was the second as well. Uh, final score, 5-2. Flames fall to the Minnesota Wild. Let's uh, select tonight's hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. These are the harder ones to do, Sarchi. Uh, not, not always easy on nights like this, but uh, if you were choosing a hardest working flame, flame which way would you be leaning oh boy okay well i'm going to give my honorable mention again to connor zary uh i thought he had a very aggressive game against he didn't show up as much as usual as usual but he did show up on the one goal uh was in the goalie's face um i'm actually gonna tip my hat to jonathan huberto he was my hardest working flame tonight he initiated some contact at the end of the first period trying to send a bit of a message, and I know that's not Jonathan Huberto's job, but then he carried it on throughout the second period, and yeah. he was really digging. He was trying to make plays. He was trying to make passes, and I just I thought he was going tonight. It, 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 he may not have had a lot of connection with his line mates, but I liked his effort, and I, I got I to gotta, I gotta say, maybe a little bit of Coleman and uh, Backlund are rubbing off on him. Yeah, I, I thought he uh, had himself a really strong game tonight. That uh, first goal that Uyghur scores doesn't happen unless he doesn't make an unbelievable pass back to Rasmus Anderson to start the whole thing. So Jonathan Huberto is your hardest-working flame tonight, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Calm. And, and it's interesting, guys. Last uh, last thought before we get some final thoughts and hear from head coach Ryan Huska. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 969-60. Uh, our marquee matchup, Willsy, tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We were talking about first game without Jacob Markstrom. Dan Vladar gets the start, and, and now you need, you, you need this tandem of Vladar and Wolf to keep it competitive. Well, I, I thought Dan Vladar did that in the first period, and, and I don't think that you pull him 90 seconds into the second period because of the way he was playing. It's a wake-up call to your group. I, I thought Dan Vladar had himself a strong 
21 minutes and 30 seconds, and I thought Wolf came in and, and held the fort like goaltending the least of Calgary's problems in this game tonight. I didn't love the third goal, but I said at the time they made the change that I think this is as much or maybe more about trying to get the forwards and defensemen going than it is about how the goaltender has played tonight. And goaltending was far from the Flames' biggest issue in this 5-2 loss. And you know, I thought Dustin Wolf came in and battled too. I, I don't think he had a chance on either goal against. So if it were up to me... Although maybe this sends the wrong message. Uh, I was going to say if it were up to me, I would give Dustin Wolf the start on Thursday when the Hurricanes come to town. But maybe that doesn't send the right message to Dan Vladar or to the rest of the team. Because I don't think he's at fault for this loss tonight, even though he did give up three goals, including the game winner. I, I think I agree with your first assessment, Wilsey. I think that... He played well enough. I think this was more of the coach trying to get his team going because yeah. they were flat. Like That was one of the worst periods of hockey we've seen, that first period from the Calgary Flames. Like Again, I don't need to revisit that. But if we even look at the third goal, I think that that puck is on the Flames defense, defenseman's stick for a second and gets shoveled right out into the it slot. It does. Weger put it right back right into the slot. Right on their tape. Yeah. And so... Yes, Vladar's got to be ready. He should probably make that save, but he has not a lot of chance on the other goals that are scored. Uh, again, he made five or six amazing saves. I looked at you in the first period. They had five shots, and I'm like, four were high danger. Then the sixth shot was a high danger chance. Yeah. So he had five high danger shots by my counting in the first period. So, uh, yeah, I you maybe go back to him because... He's made amazing saves in the game that they won against Vegas. He just did it again for a period. I think this is more of a product of yeah. we got to get our team going. They better they better rally around something. And I don't know what kind of flipped the game. Maybe it was just it being 3 nothing and the Wild taking their foot off the gas. But when they made the goaltending change, and I said this to Corey on the air, I don't think I've ever heard a reaction from a crowd like that with their team down 3 nothing and the backup goaltender coming into the game. So maybe just the reaction from inside of Scotiabank Saddledome from the fans helped to get the Flames going a little bit. Maybe it was the fact that they had just played uh, 21 and a half minutes of brutal hockey and were, were down 3 nothing uh, at home versus a wild team that, oh, they've been playing better of late but have struggled for the most part this season. They also started running around trying to hit everything in a wild jersey, so maybe that got them going. Uh, and then they made it 3-1, and maybe that got them going. I'm not sure what helped them kind of flip the switch in this hockey game. But I do wonder if that was partly on Dustin Wolf coming in and there finally being a little bit of energy in the building because there wasn't much prior to that, and that's not on the fans. The, the team didn't give much to cheer about yeah. in the first period plus. So we'll have to wait and see what they do. But they've got uh, they've got two good choices with Ladar and Wolf. So if the team plays better in front of... Uh, one of those guys on Thursday, then I like their chances to bounce back from this one. Uh, we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska right away following a 5-2 loss here at the Dome to the Minnesota Wild. The phone calls, texts after that, but let's get some uh, final thoughts from our broadcast crew of Corey Sarich and Derek Wills tonight, starting with you, Sarich. Oh, boy. Have we not hashed it all yeah, out you already? Can, you <laughs> can just wave the white flag. Final, like. final thoughts. Um, well, I'll give, if, if we're going to talk about something, let's talk about uh, Ilya Solovyov, who came into the game. Uh, he had a really rough start tonight, but I'll give him credit. He kept battling. He had a bunch of shot chances in the second period, and they uh, didn't go his way. But then he makes a really nifty move in the third period to, again, kind of 
put the Calgary Flames back in the game. So I, I thought he was a bright spot as the game went on, and he's, he's learning a very hard lesson with that first goal tonight. Um, but other than that, as far as bright spots, it's just it was it was too inconsistent kind of everywhere and all over the ice tonight. And this team knows it, and I think um, I'm really interested to hear Ryan Huska's uh, he's probably going to solve that goaltending question or mystery for us here, maybe with a little bit of a tidbit um, in his in his post game tonight. I I would have to think that he's going to let us know whether or not that was a motivational factor, Dustin Wolf going in or not. But again, there were spurts in this game, but you can't have spurts. It's got to be yeah. it's got the full sixty. There it is. There's the cliche, and uh, it was not even close. Too much chasing. All season, uh, yeah. you start two seven and one. Now you're chasing the season. They have given up the first goal in twelve of the last fifteen games and in sixteen of twenty-five games this season. They've been chasing in the season. They've been chasing in too many games. They've got to clean that part up. Uh, and I don't know what it's going to take. I know the the coaches must be blue in the face, trying to convince their players that they have to to get off to better starts. And we know it's in them. We, we've seen it, just not right from puck drop in the first period. So uh, that's going to be the focus for me on Thursday with a good Hurricanes team coming to town because that's a team that with their speed and their skill, if they get on you early, uh, it's probably going to to feel like you've got uh, waves coming at you, tidal waves. So uh, big opportunity for the Flames to bounce back uh, and beat a good team on Thursday night and uh, get this thing turned around again. They were playing really well in November, but uh, – and they were better on Saturday than they were tonight, and they were certainly in that game against the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Never really felt like they were in this game against okay. the Wild. So uh, we need to see more of the November Flames as opposed to the October Flames for the rest of December. Well said. Thank you, boys. Uh, I guess I'll see you boys on Wednesday and uh, game day on Thursday. Thank you, friends. Good night, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Derek Wills, Corey Sarich signing off on our Flames Talk postgame show. 5-2 final. Flames lose to Minnesota. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska right now. Uh, I mean, Ryan, we've talked a lot about the starts and other couple of periods where you allow opening goals early on. What do you see on that? What do you really have to rectify here? With the start? Yeah, yeah. Well, starts are preparation and focus. That's it. Making sure you're ready to play. So if we miss something, we'll, uh, um, you know, we'll talk with the players about it if it's coming from our side of things. But um, it's preparation and focus, really, at the end of the day. Have you seen that, that level of preparation and focus that, that you would want out of this group of late? Or? Um, when, you know, when we have them during the day, I feel like tonight they were ready to play. So, I mean, they obviously weren't. <laughs> I mean, when, when we talked to them, they talked about sort of, you know, just being ready to throw the hits early, skate hard. Is, is there any part of you that actually thinks it might be the other and play conservative to start, just to build into the game at all? To play conservative? Yeah, and to sort of prevent that early goal from being scored? No, no. In your mind, what was the the difference between the two teams tonight? Um, They were competitive, uh, and in the first period, our most physical player was probably our goaltender. The move to get dusted in there, was that to spark your team, try to get them going? Yeah, I mean, Vladdy kept us in the game in the first period, really, and they scored two quick goals in the second period, so it's just something to to try to, to move things around a little bit, yep. What did you make of that ovation? That And again, it's not a reflection on Vladar. Yeah. It's just a reflection on what they think of Dustin Wolf. What did yeah. you, you make of that? You heard it. Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, he's uh, 
he's been a talking point for a couple of years now. So um, people want to see him play really is what it comes down to. So unfortunately, it was in a game where we didn't anticipate him playing, but that's kind of what it comes down to. What do you say to, uh, to Dan after you, you pull him? Like, did you, did you get a chance to chat with him? No, I haven't spoken with him yet, no. Does this change your goalie rotation or thought process moving forward? Uh, not particularly, no. I mean, it's something that we'll touch on again tomorrow and when we'll have conversations about it, but I don't, I don't think it does, no. There's a couple of new faces in there, and Ilya and Dustin, or excuse me, Walker. Did yeah. you get the spark you're hoping for those guys in the lineup? Not, not particularly, I would say. You know, I, I'm a young guy coming in um, in solo, you know, it was. I felt it was a bit of a challenge for him tonight, for sure. Um, Walker tried. You could see he was really trying to have impact in the game. But what changes? Maybe you want to see in the neutral zone. It maybe looked a little disjointed at times. With the puck or without? I mean, with the puck. Let's start with that. Um, we uh, with the puck. It was just you're making plays that feed their transition a lot of times. So the speed that we had and the connection that we had coming through the neutral zone wasn't wasn't good enough. So the support wasn't there and the pace of our play through the neutral zone wasn't good enough. And with uh, with Dylan moving up to the second line, did you feel like he gave you uh, something different there? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think it was one of Dylan's better games for sure, but I can't really say that about too many of our guys tonight. There you go, head coach Ryan Huska. Not a happy head coach following tonight's 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Okay, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line is open at 960-960. Give us a call, fire us a text. We'll get to you around the corner. Our Flames Talk postgame show on a Tuesday is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Flames Talk postgame moves into phone calls and texts around the corner. 5-2 final here at the Dome. Wild are now 4-4 four for four under new head coach John Hines. And this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames Talk postgame show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames fall by a 5-2 score to the Minnesota Wild as we are underway, well underway, on your Flames uh, Talk postgame show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Steinberg along with you. Phone lines open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. We will get there very shortly, but right now, back inside the Flames locker room, some more postgame reaction. This one, uh, you just heard from head coach, Ryan Huska. You heard from Dan Lambert when he was with us. Yeah, this one not sitting well. This is a pretty ugly game. They didn't start on time and they got away with it. They were only down one nothing after 20 minutes of play and they came out and did the, soiled the sheets to start the second period with not one but two. I mean, the first one, they're running around in their own zone off the post and in and it's 2 nothing. And then 45 seconds later, Weger pops it right onto a platter, right back onto Boldy's stick, and he wires it. You know, I even find that hard to put on on Dan Vladar because you don't – how often does that happen where it goes right back onto a player's stick in the slot, and Boldy, who's got a great shot and always has, didn't hesitate. So, yeah, the, you know, the, the one thing that I come away with in this game is that the tandem of Vladar and Wolf gave you an opportunity. 
fortunately, there just wasn't a whole lot going on in front of them that were able to take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, let's hear from Blake Coleman post game following an ugly one here at the Dome. Blake, uh, what was the difference in this one? I just wasn't wasn't a good effort from our team from start to finish. I think uh, you know we've we've made too much of a habit of falling behind in games, and you know we were able to get away with it for for a long stretch there. But um, you know, last couple it's come back to bite us, and it's something that we need to correct quickly. Do you have to correct it maybe in a in a different way because it, it has been a theme, like you've said. That's just on everybody in this room. Um, you know, whatever it is, the preparation. Uh, um, it's just it's not there from the from the drop, and you know even games where we are, you know energy wise are good. We're we're making mistakes that are in the back of the back of the net, and um, you know it's hard to chase games, and you know it just it was a little flat um, all around today. Is it more of a focus thing? Is it an execution thing? How do you explain it? The starts, or just the game in general today? The starts. Um, I can't you know I can't speak for everybody. I know that. Um, you know, for me, I'm going to look in the mirror and, and find out what I've been doing and, and change some things up and see if I can find something that works a little bit better to have a better start. Um, whether it's just finding ways to get energized before a game, the, you know, what kind of warm-up you do. Um, you know, each guy's got to take it upon themselves to find what works for them and and uh, be ready from the get-go. Um, you know, I like to, you like to think you're preparing the right way, but um, you can always find ways to be better and... Um, and I'll do that, and I, I think everybody else in this room will as well. I want to say that that's the type of thing that's, that's frustrating, but also sort of hard to hard to figure out because obviously you guys, you know, you guys know you need to be on from minute from second one, and it's just not happening. So it's like figuring out why. It just sounds like that's got to be tough. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't have uh, an exact answer. It's not an exact science. Otherwise, we'd have fixed it by now. But. Uh, you know, in my opinion, it's if each guy takes it on themselves to be a little bit better early on and a little more jump, a little more, whether you got to be, you know, throwing hits a little earlier into the game or find a way to get your body into it. Um, you know, every guy's got to take it upon themselves to find a way to, to get engaged in the game quicker and, and not have to uh, try to fight back into games. Did you feel like with Dustin coming in or with AJ Scrap that you guys got a bit of boost of energy in that second or no? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously Greasy. It's a big, big scrap for him to step up, fight a, fight a tough guy for us. And, um, you know, put some life in the building when we need it and into our team. And, um, you know, we got the one goal. And, and then, unfortunately, just, uh, like I said, we just dug too big of a hole. And, um, you know, obviously, it's never a good sign when you're when you're swapping your goalies out. And uh, it's completely on us. You know, Vladdy was left out to dry early in the game. And, um, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't have seen Wolfie in this game. Um, but with that said, obviously, uh, you know, he came in and gave us a little bit of life and a little jump. And, we just weren't able to sustain it. What would you make of the welcome that the crowd gave him? I mean, he's a very popular guy, even though he's only played two games before this. Yeah, well, like I said, it's um, you don't want to put a guy in that situation. You don't want to make a goalie come in cold as a backup uh, in a game. It's not that I'm sure he prepared the right way. You know, he's he's a pro and he's a really good goaltender, but uh, you know, really, it's on us as as uh, forwards and defensemen uh, never to put our goalies in that situation. And unfortunately, that's that's how it was tonight. 
That is Blake Coleman postgame following tonight's 5-2 setback against the Minnesota Wild. Okay, it's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show as we roll on on this Tuesday night. It's time for tonight's Save of the Game brought to you by Shane Holmes. and uh, Dan Vladar got the start, played 21 minutes and 30 seconds, uh, allowed three on 16, but the Flames were horrid in those 21-13. So uh, after the third goal goes in, Ryan Huska, as you heard him say a little earlier, decides to make the goaltending change, and Dustin Wolf played the final 38 minutes and 38, 30 seconds of this game tonight. Uh, for Vladar, 3-on-16, and for Wolf, 2-on-13 en route to the 5-2 setback. It's time for the save of the game, and it comes from Dustin Wolf in period number two. Huberto gives it away to Erickson, who can't clear it. Hannafin holds it in, but gives it away. And now Duhame has a breakaway. Duhame in, Deeks shoots, and is stopped by Wolf. The Flames needed that save. That ends up being one of the 24 stops made by Wolf and Vladar combined and that is the save of the game tonight brought to you by Shane Holmes for every save a Flames goaltender makes Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary visit shaneholmes.com the better way to build and I guess the good news would be that uh, when it's all said and done goaltending gave him a chance tonight and I, I know there's been a lot of talk about what happens with Jacob Markstrom out for a while well at the at the very least one of the bright spots tonight I thought was goaltending Tells you a little bit how about how the game went. That in a five-two loss, goaltending was one of the bright spots. But I, I think that's probably a fair point on this Tuesday night. Let's get to the text line for the first time at nine sixty-nine sixty. Uh, this says, uh, "Hey Pat, Ty here. Not too much to get excited about tonight." If I had to pick someone to be the best flame tonight, I think I'd go with Anderson. He looked to be about the only guy that was buzzing and skating well. Been enjoying listening lately to some opinions about thinking Zadorov should have brought the team more, making it sound like Conroy took the first offer that came across his desk. I'm sure he would have loved the first or second rounder, but if he can't get one, I'm not sure how we can expect him to make one magically appear. Hope the guys can tighten things back up and quit leaving these goalies out to dry. Um... This says, Pat, I might start to take this team seriously when guys who have done nothing all year, like Manjapani and Dubé, are benched or sitting in the press box. Sitting out Pospisil instead was a bad move. That's from Joel in Cranston. Um, this says from Brad in Bridgeland, very sloppy game and not nearly enough from a few of the vets like Dubé and Manjapani. I'm not sure if it's just his playing style, but I find Ruzicka almost lazy, not hard on pucks and no real drive to his play. As a team, the power play struggles were obvious against the league worst power uh, penalty kill rather lots to work on after this one while their previous few games were at least exciting to watch this one tonight was a snoozer at least it was nice to see Zary and Silovyov get on the score sheet I'm hoping Wolf gets the start next game um this says from Dylan and Revy, between Solo and Yegor, they have some really entertaining interviews, so that's fun. Got to say, I really like the way Wolf tracks the puck, or you watch his head, you can always know where it's at. Vladar has no idea. That's from Dylan in Revelstoke. That is one of Dustin Wolf's absolute number one best traits is how he tracks and, and how he sees it. Uh, this from Stafford. Left the Dome after two periods, Pat, tonight. They got Dr. Jekyll first shot in the net. Can't make two consecutive passes in a row without giving up the puck. Gained some momentum only to lose it minutes later. Couldn't do it, Pat. Just couldn't stay for the third. If they don't have 
a full effort, I don't have to stay and watch it. Um, this from Cody and Drumheller. Pat, remember when the Wild on a Tuesday night meant a one nothing slugfest? Um, wild to see the score tonight. Solo seems like a future late leader based on that interview. That's from Cody and Drumheller. He's talking about the interview that kicked us off on Flames Talk postgame tonight. He was really, I, I really appreciate First of all, doing it in his second language, and second of all, being as honest as he was. I thought that was some really good stuff from Ilya Solovyov um, to, uh, yeah, um, to, to kick us off on our Flames Talk postgame. Uh, this says from Ryan and Okotoks, Pat, this slump's a blessing in disguise. As long as they keep calling up young guns and stay mediocre, it's going to force Conroy to sell those UFAs. It'll suck to potentially have a pick in the 10 to 15 range, but the alternative is losing out in the first round again with a bunch of them signed to long-term deals. We want these UFAs to impress so they can get top value. That's why I'm not completely on Team Tank. I think I speak for most Flames fans when I say we're absolutely willing and able to endure a couple of rough seasons in order to have a competitive young team in time for the new arena. In the end, it can't be much worse than the seasons we've all been frustrated with in the last decade plus. This from Mike. Pat, I took my dad to the game for his birthday. Not what we expected as for a bounce-back game. Lacked character and work ethic. All the talk about playing urgently from puck drop, and that basically went out the window. The whole team was flat and disjointed right from the get-go. A lot of bad blind passes, passes into skates, and passes that were completely off, which turned over in so many turnovers. No structure in the D zone, and they were chasing the puck around. Deserved what they got. No reason not to call up Coronado to replace a vet's that's not performing, earn a spot and show some pride. A few more texts here at 969.60 before we hit the uh, text line, sorry, hit the phone lines. Uh, Scotty and Victoria, sorry to reach out uh, under these circumstances, but that was an absolutely awful game. Arguably the worst start of their season. Goal in the first minute and first shot and five goals against and only five shots on net in the first. They looked sloppy and lost. Gave Ladar and Wolf absolutely zero chance. They also ruined their power play opportunity, 37 seconds in, almost let in a shorty and had a penalty called on him. I'm being a negative Nancy, but things aren't looking good. I foresee another losing streak in their future as the schedule only gets harder. What are your thoughts on the next nine games before Christmas? All nine are difficult. Yes, even Anaheim, I don't feel confident. I mean, what we have seen is that the Flames against some pretty decent opponents have been able to raise their game. I, I look at Dallas and, and Vegas so maybe that can give you a little bit of optimism, but there's no doubt that uh, they have got a difficult schedule ahead of them before they have that little Christmas break. This from Alex. I can't recall a power play this bad in a very long time. Something's got to give. It's unacceptable. I don't think we're talking about how much Lindholm and Dubé have been struggling. What sort of return would Lindholm even provide? A second-round pick and a mid-prospect, maybe a conditional first? I understand Pospisil's been just okay the past two or three, but imagine bumping Dubé up the lineup over Pospisil right now. Uh, we've been waiting the past two to three seasons for Dubé to find a role. He's an RFA. It's time to move on and package him in a deal that comes from Alex. On the point of Lindholm, uh, what he would get them in a trade, I still think you're getting a first round pick. Even though he has not been consistently as strong as, as we've seen him before this year, you're still talking about a Selkie Trophy quality center iceman at the trade deadline. 
he's going to uh, he's going to get them something. I, I think a pretty solid package. Uh, okay, that'll do it on the text line at nine sixty nine sixty. At least for now, we'll get back there for sure. The text line remains open at nine sixty nine sixty. Now let's get to the phone lines for the first time though. Four zero three two four zero forty four forty four is your phone number. Uh, would love to hear from you on a Flames Talk Tuesday night post game show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Steinberg along with you following a 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild. Let's kick it off by saying hello to Kelly on the phone lines tonight. What's up, Kelly? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a game for sure. I, I'm I'm kind of surprised we're even talking about swapping goalies around or whatever. I think Vidar is for sure your next goalie to start. And then use the afternoon game. They said this on the TV too, but... It just why would you mess with his head? It wasn't his fault. It was uh, nothing to do with him. I mean, he made he made the first period not five one. So I think you start him next yeah, game and he's on a short leash, and then use the afternoon game yeah. for the kid that used to afternoon games. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, and I, you know what? It's 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 interesting. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, that. Um, I, I would go. I would go right back to Vladar because he gave you a chance yeah. to win. Vladar has still earned his spot on the depth chart, which is number two. Sure. Well, yeah. your number one's out right now. So yeah, I'd go back to Vladar against Carolina. See how it goes. Uh, if he gives you another strong, like I thought he had a strong start. He only played twenty-one thirty, but he wasn't yanked because of how he played. So yeah, I, I'd go Vladar yeah. Thursday, and then absolutely, I, I'd go uh, Wolf against New Jersey on Saturday afternoon. I think that's you're, you're kind of, and. And for almost identical reasonings, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you'd mess with his head just for funsies, right? So it just doesn't make sense to me. And then I had a question for you. I I was looking for it. I can't find the stat. Well, I've read about it. Apparently, it's got a lot of uh, arena bias, and it's uh, not very accurate. But uh, giveaways, are we leading the league in giveaways? Because it feels like it. I I don't watch a lot of hockey, but on other teams, I guess. Uh, Let me quickly go tell you as to whether or not they are or not. I don't – I'm kind of like you. I don't pay a ton of attention to to that stat, especially um, when it comes to – Kind of like as you're saying, uh, league wide, just because it's a, uh, it is such. I don't even know where the heck I'd find. There it is. Really. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, a it's such a. It's, ourselves year to year. But yeah, yeah, and that that would be that would probably be a little bit more like because again, ways are tracked so differently in different buildings. It's very subjective right, right. still. Anyway, it's it's still it's still a stat that isn't completely irrelevant. Um, and they are uh, currently fourth worst in the NHL, so 29th with 232 giveaways. That seems bad. I'm just saying. I think that. I, I don't think but, even even if it is a subjective stat, even if it's one yeah. that I don't pay a ton or or as much attention to, uh, it's still you you still rather not be in the same category as you know San Jose and Columbus, right? Right. Actually, no, that's not even true. They're they are they're here's here's the uh, here's the crazy thing with giveaways. Um, like so, it's actually Nashville, Chicago, and Montreal who have more, um, and uh, Toronto. Edmonton are right around them, around there with them. So uh, then the best teams for the best team for giveaways is San Jose. You know what I'm saying? Like the worst team in the NHL is also the best team in giveaways. That's why you're like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, okay, how much stock do you put into this one? But again, I don't think it's it's probably better not to be near the bottom of the league. You're probably right. 
Yeah, maybe it's a nothing stat, but it just feels like we do it a lot and it hurts us. But anyway, good talking, man. Hey, good stuff, Kelly. You have yourself a great night, hey? Yeah, you too. Night. Uh, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 on this Tuesday night, 5-2 final score. Uh, Flames lose this one to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, got a couple of lines open if you want to chat tonight, 403-240-4444. TJ in Strathmore is up next. What's up, TJ? Good evening, Pat. Uh, kind of a unique year for us, uh, kind of a celebration year, and in, in particular with Mike Vernon. Um, you know, I've had, uh, a, you know, back in 1983, I happened to be at the game when he paced, faced off against Grant Fuhr the Victoria Cougars and Victoria eliminated the Wranglers. But uh, Vernon was picked up by the Portland Winterhawks, as you could do that back in the WHL then. And he went on to uh, steal the Memorial Cup from Fear. So I thought that was pretty cool. But his induction to the Hall of Fame and where he's going, I draw a lot of parallels with Grant, with uh, with Mike Vernon and, and, and Wolf, just their upbringing and how, they're, how he's worked his way into the system. And it's good motivation, you'd think, for the team, you know. But they go into Toronto Hall of Fame weekend. They lay an egg. Uh, Wolf gets his first start against Ottawa. They lay an egg. And uh, it's just it's just disappointing. And I think tonight with the fans, when you see Wolf come out and what he's done, is that I think small games within the game fans, we're, we're looking for small victories. And we're looking for, at some point, to get, to, to get this guy a win. And, of course, uh, we love Vladdy. He, he's good, and I understand why they did what they did tonight. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, just the heart collectively uh, trying to find out the motivation when you got Lanny McDonald coming into the dressing room in Toronto. Uh, this, they, just, they just don't respond. It's just, it's just we're just, as a fan, you're just hoping there's a little bit of grasp at something. And I'll tell you a story. Um, when the Edmonton Eskimos changed their, uh, when they looked at changing their name, they had a phone in to name the team contest, and I phoned into their radio show because they wanted to keep the double E. And I phoned in and I said, uh, well, that's easy, the Edmonton excuses. And uh, I got told, I got put in my <laughs> place because they, I got put in my place because they said, well, we would like to do that, but Calgary holds the, the names, holds the rights to that name. So we have a lot of excuses here. And, and uh, I hope the strategic plan for uh, is done with Wolves and, and, and some motivational factor to say, hey, you know what? When this guy does get in the net, let's let's get him a win. Like let's 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 get a small victory here. But anyway, thanks very much. Uh, uh, always always good to see Mike Vernon. I wear his Calgary Wrangler jersey proud all the time, and my McDonald jersey. Those are the only two I have because right now, well, I got a I got a wolf too. That, that's that's I see a lot of heart in those people, and I just wish uh, I wish our other players would, would just show a little more heart and, and uh, let's get some, let's get some small wins here. Thanks very much, Pat. All right, TJ, be well, man. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild on this Tuesday night. Uh, continuing along, we say hello to Robert. What's up, Robert? Hey, Pat, how are you, sir? I am well. How are you, pal? Uh, you know, Pat, I didn't want to go to the game tonight, you know. But I went because Vernon. I know Vernon was going to be there. I wanted to see the, the young fellow there. She looks good. I, and don't worry, Patty. I didn't bring a lady friend. It was guys' night out because I knew this Minnesota team, Patty. This Minnesota team, I've seen these kind of games over the years with this team. I remember one year I went with Jose in 2000. We lost 1,000. Minnesota, 
is capable of doing these kind of games. And when this goaltender goes to some path after the first goal, did you see his average in the last three, four games against us? It was, buddy, you know, I'm ticked off, you know. I'm not ticked I'm ticked off, but I'm not ticked off, you know. You, you, you know, Pat, I I don't want to bring up names. I heard the commenter say Herbert is the best player, the hardest working player of the game tonight, Patty. That's some of the reasons I call it. Patty, I, I don't like being mocked. I really don't. I know Serge's got a study cap. I know he knows more than me. That's a ludicrous statement he made tonight. Ludicrous statement. Hubert was the hardest working flame. If he was the hardest working flame, what was Rasmus? We have, we have. I think you, you know, Patty. Some people know this game, eh? Even though we don't have Stanley Cups, I know this game, Patty. Believe me, I watch enough hockey. I, I, I don't come out of left field too many times. I really don't. I, I don't think, like these kind of comments. I think you're, Ra. I, I, I don't, I don't understand what you don't like. Corey Saric is well within his well, rights to have his own yeah, opinion. He I has think a you're, right to have it, I, you're, 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 you're maybe. You're, you're Robert, Robert, Robert. It's yeah, yeah. It's a hardest working flame. It's a great thing that we do, but I think you're getting a little bit too upset no, about no, because, one no, thing. Patty, because Uber though is not the hardest working flame tonight. Why? Because he had that skirmish. I did it for when he read the Minnesota defenseman, and if the guy would have jumped his glove, Uber would have run to the dressing room. Anyway. Let me get to my points. That's fine. I respect everybody, Patty. That's right. He has a right to his opinion, the way he sees the game and what he sees on the ice. So, yes, he has the right to say what his opinion and what he thinks he should say. It is mine. That's right. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, because I used to have, with this player, I had many skirmishes with Lubo. Dube, when are we going to cut tight with this guy, uh, Patty? I, I remember every year, potential ceiling. I think it's enough. I think there's no more ceiling, no more potential. I think, it, you know, we talk about Lindo Manifest. I think this guy should be the mix to pack him and ship him as quickly as possible. Okay. My opinion. I could be wrong. I I don't see nothing from him. Nothing. Every year I hear about Dube. I know I know Manjapani is a whipping boy here. Easy. Rightly so. But Dube is not much better. And I'm denying the ceiling potential every year. Nothing. 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 The point I want to call out. I mean, in 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 and just and just before just just before just to play a little devil's advocate. Yeah, he did have forty five points. He had forty five points last year. That's had a pretty decent year. Eighteen goals, twenty seven assists. Like that's for the Leafs. What are you saying, Patty? That that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't matter. I that that's that's like that's a false equivalency. I'm telling you, he had forty seven forty five points last year. That's not a Lance bad year. Foma, you can throw other guys who team. I told you when you last Boba was gonna get fifteen, sixteen goals. You all laughed on me. And Boba got fifteen goals. What are we talking about, Patty? Anyway, Patty and I'm not in a good I don't, but, but Robert, you're just making a bunch of false equivalencies, man. No, I don't even no, know what you're, you're angry you're not, about. You, you, Manjapani to me is not a 35 goal scorer. He had a, he had a great year, but he's not a trooper over a bunch of. Good. So who, who's saying that he is? What, what is your issue tonight, man? What is your? Because, I, what, who are you yelling you know at? Why? Because, 
this is a building. Who are you every, yelling at? Like, what? What? Who are you upset at, man? Who hurt you? No, no, Patty. Because everybody say is afraid to say the truth about the organization, which be a disaster. Everybody has excuses. You know what we're going to hear next two games, Patty? Or oh, the the flames, the homestead we're getting still. What excuses are you talking under, about, Patty? Excuses, excuses. Not Dude, what are you feel. talking about? Robert, about what Patty, are you talking about? In the last year, it's freaked up. You know, I told you we were going to win with Vegas. I said the worst thing that's going to happen, we're going to be Vegas, and everybody's going to get excited. No, the pod's got to be. We got we to gotta rebuild this team to have a future in the next generation, not my generation. They got to have to see a Stanley Cup. That's making the playoffs, hoping. No. I'm bad because I want yeah, to. But Robert, what does that what does that have to do, Robert? What does that have to do with Andrew Mangiapane not being a 35 goal? Like I don't. You're, you're like you're just like Juba, yelling a bunch Juba of different Juba things. Andrew never got 35 goals again in a league. That was a fluke here. He's a probably a 2025 scorer, but he gets crucified every so? game. everybody expects him to get 30, 35 goals. It's impossible. He's not that Who's crucifying player. him? What are you, t- Robert? 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 I, I I don't even know. Like, who are you mad at? Are, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna throw because things out, like expectations on these players, on these players. Who who baby, is the, Robert? Saying, who who is? What are you talking about? Who buddy. is putting? Eddie, Robert, I get, like, who are you? Are you saying I am? What? Robert, are you saying I am? I'm putting no, those expectations, or no, like, I don't I even know who you're you. talking about. If you heard me say it before, I said not you, Patty. I said the other people around this hockey club. I I said it well, to you twice. Uh, it's not well, yeah, but they can't. You. They're not here to the defend themselves. The so plane. come at me. No. I'm not coming at you. I said it twice clearly. It's not you, Patty. It's the other people around this organization who make us with this some of this garbage, ludicrous statements they make. I do measure Patty. It's not a 35 goal scorer. The same way last former wasn't a 16 goal scorer. Different contact, but the same analogy. So we said it up. Okay, you know, I'm not, Robert, you, Robert, you know, Robert, you know, Robert, 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 and it's always going to be, that's why I'm ticked off. And when I get this way, I'm usually right. This is nothing about you, Patty, personally. It's not about you. No, no, and I'm not, I don't, not I don't, I, Robert, it's my only point, Robert, 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 Robert. Holy, Robert, I got to put you on hold. I, I'm not saying, I don't care if you come at me. You're well within your right. I'm just saying we can't have a conversation if you're talking about things that other people are saying because I can't speak for them. So that that's all I'm saying. So I'm like I'm I'm trying to figure out who you're talking about. Like I, nobody has even mentioned Andrew Mangiapane on today's show. I that's that's all I'm saying, Robert. Is I'm I'm happy like you're you're able to come after me. 
but I just I can't I speak for other that. people. Yeah, I so I, I no, no, Robert, you're missing the you're, Robert, you're missing yeah. the point. You're missing yeah. the point is that I can't have a conversation with you based on what other people are saying because I I don't know what you're talking about and I can't speak for them. That's all. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. People around the flames, Freddie, Eric Francis, all these people around the flames. You yeah, but, uh, okay, Robert, this is the point. Robert, we got to wrap up. Robert, we got to wrap up. We got to. Okay. Robert, we got to wrap up. I love you, buddy. We got to move on. I am frustrated. I didn't mean it personally on you, and it wasn't about you. I'm sorry you took it away. All I'm saying is, I hope this organization, for once in a lifetime, does the right thing, because I've never done the right thing. It does for the frustration. Thank you. Sorry about that. Hey, Robert, don't apologize to me. I don't care if you come after me. Come and yell at me and say every one of my takes is garbage. I'm fine with that. So I, I haven't taken it that way. I'm not offended. I just can't have a conversation on this show if you're talking about what Eric Francis or Corey Sarich or, or, or anybody else has said. Because I'm not Corey. I'm not Eric. I can't speak for them. And I can't. So that's all I'm saying is that I can't. I'm not them. So I don't even know what things you're talking about. That is my point. So it's hard for me to have a conversation about any of this if you're not talking about things that I said or the things that I have said. Anyway, um, I don't know what George Canyon did. I don't know why he's angry there. Look, I Robert is not even wrong on some of his points about the organization has a chance to do the right thing here or or do what Robert thinks is the right thing. I think there is a really big opportunity for the organization to um, really dive in and go in a different direction this year because of the unrestricted free agency. I think there is an opportunity that they've got right staring them in the face. And so whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, I don't know, but they've got an opportunity, and I believe that they've got a really golden opportunity to take advantage of here. Um, so, no, I, 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 to some of the um, some of the texts that have come in, um, I don't know what George the George Canyon issue, issue was this evening. Um, okay, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames, what was the final score? I've now lost my train of thought. 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild this evening. Let's say hello to Gary. What's going on, Gary? Hello, Pat. That was uh, a little tough to hear Robert screaming at you like that. Um, I just hey, like to I'm say, not offended. You, you can no, scream I, I at me it, all you still, want. They, they're not going to win every night. They've been playing better. The effort shared, a couple losses is, is okay. Our goaltending's been fine. Hubert Owen, for me, is playing a lot better than he was. He's a little more physical. The goals might come. Everybody's a little snake-bitten. But I took my grandson to the game tonight. He's five. He only cared about Harvey Hound. He didn't know what the score was. But we had a great time. My older grandson, same thing. When we go to the games, it's all entertaining, and they're loving it. We're season ticket holders. So grateful for all the announcers, all the people that do what they do for the Flames. I'm a great fan. I love to listen to them, and I appreciate this team. They are going to be okay. Let's hang in there with our UFAs. Let the guys have a chance to gel and play together. The new guys is, are awesome. They're bringing life to our team and scoring some goals. Ladar played awesome. When Wolf came out tonight to hear that crowd, as loud as they were, that's the Calgary Flames to me. Uh, well, I mean, it was cool to see. It was cool to see the reaction to Dustin Wolf tonight. I'm with you there. That was that was neat to see. 
it's hard to figure out what we're going to do with our goalies because they're all okay. Again, I just want the guys to keep trying like they have been, and it's been fun for me to watch, and I'm loving every minute of it. Well, Gary, I appreciate uh, I appreciate the call tonight. That is a uh, that's a big swing from Robert to Gary. <laughs> that's uh, that's a big momentum swing. Uh, I was I wasn't expecting the pendulum to swing that far from Robert to Gary. I you just you live and learn. Uh, one more call before we go back inside the Flames locker room. Let's say hello to Anand following a five two loss tonight to the Minnesota Wild. What's up, Anand? Good evening, bud. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, this was a unique one. I was actually at the Dome tonight. Uh, tough loss. Uh, so the Flames snapped my winning streak basically from last season. Uh, that's okay. Tough game, definitely. I do have a question for you. Uh, I know, or maybe not a question, I'll make a couple points first. Uh, Dubé and Manjipane, they had a lot of, uh, what you call, uh, they didn't connect to the puck uh, really well. Uh, they had uh, some uh, breakaways, and that was the main problem for the Flames tonight. Uh, they couldn't really get into the offensive zone. Uh, Minnesota well, uh, kept them away from the offensive zone. I do like how uh, Backland and Conazari scored the they stuck with the team and made it happen. My one question for you, what do you think was the missing factor? Was it maybe post-special or something else that the Flames couldn't click in tonight? I mean, there were a lot of uh, – there were a lot of things tonight. Um, like their, they, their spacing was poor both with and without the puck. Uh, they were having trouble making simple passes. Their reads were poor. It was just uh, away from the puck. They they did a really, really poor job of getting pucks back. Like They were just bad tonight. Um, it was just a really, really poor outing, all things considered. They, they didn't do much well tonight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I do did like a few moments to like Hobado uh, went into do a big hit, and then like I said, Backland and Conazari uh, stepped up. Even Dasumbol uh, looked, uh, even though he gave up two goals, he looked all right. Yeah, so. A uh, little worried about how they play tonight. Maybe uh, that will change for the game uh, with Hurricanes. Hopefully, let's stay for the positive. And yeah, once again, but thanks for taking my call. Have a good night and talk to you on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Oh yeah, Thursday. Okay, thanks, Anand. See you, buddy. Appreciate the call. 403-240-4444 as uh, we continue along on our Flames Talk postgame show tonight. A 5-2 Flames loss to the Minnesota Wild. And and look, you know, you you listen to, I, I will say, as, as much as, first of all, Robert and I are fine, so don't worry about that. Anybody on the text line who's worried that I'm upset at Robert or Robert's upset at me, no, 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 we're fine. And and I didn't feel like he was attacking me. I don't care if you to rip apart my opinions all day. That's what I'm here for. Um, I just It's hard for me to talk about other people's opinions, and especially when you're that angry about them. I'm like, I, I don't know what opinion you're talking about, but when Robert's that upset, you usually know that it was a pretty ugly game, and tonight was a really ugly game. Like they were five-two, sure. Like that's never a good score, but man, that first period and then the first ninety seconds of the second period, like that's really frustrating if you're a fan. Like you know that starts have been an issue. You know that starting on time has been a real problem. 
and then that's how you start on time in they they didn't start until like six minutes into the second period they were bad for the entire first 20 minutes and only were down one nothing all you got to do is have a little bit of recognition shake out the cobwebs and have a much better second period you still got a chance to win a hockey game instead they come out and they make you know the the two really bad shifts in a row and bam it's two then three nothing and basically the game's over from there and so uh, that, that i i think that frustration and a high degree of it warranted after one of their worst games of the year i don't know if it's their worst game of the year that game in columbus was just awful too but this is uh this is a frustrating one and and, you know after a loss against vancouver on saturday for this one knowing where they are in the standings yeah so when robert gets that pissed off you usually know that the game was really, really poor, and uh, this one was really, really poor. Uh, let's hear from the captain. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room as the Flames fall by a 5-2 score to the Minnesota Wild. Let's hear from Captain Michael Backlund following this one tonight. Michael, we've been talking about the starts for this team. The other night, you didn't get off to a great start. What have you guys kind of chalked that up to in the last couple of games? Yeah, um, today was even worse. Uh, really slow start. Um, and we knew going into the game they were, they were a good first period team and um yeah we uh you know we dressed it after the game and we'll come ready next game is it a focus thing is it an execution thing which of the two or is it something else well i think it's a little bit of everything um and today too i felt like they were more uh you know emotionally uh in it in the first uh coming harder than we did and one more battles and uh, it's not good enough and not acceptable. So, uh, you know, we talked about it and we'll be better next game. Does it worry you at all that you guys have talked about it already and that, it, as you said, it might have been worse tonight? Uh, no, it doesn't worry me. Uh, you know, we we know we can be better and, uh, you know, this is the worst start in a long time and uh, hopefully the worst that we'll see for a while. And uh, we all know it. So, um, like I said, it's been discussed and. Now we're looking forward to the next game, and we'll, uh, um, we know we've got to come out a lot harder and be have a really good first period. How did the, how did the forwards maybe ever manage the puck better? It did seem like there were a lot of giveaways and all that rushes going the other way. How would you have to rectify in that regard? Yeah, um, that's something we talked about after first. It uh, wasn't good enough, and um, yeah, uh, comes down to all the talk, things we talked about before. But a bit also frustrating that you lose your number one goalie. That could be quite a rallying cry. And then come up with a thud. Yeah, I mean, I thought Vladi and Wolfie did their best today. It's not on them. Uh, it was a team effort uh, for us players that we didn't we weren't good enough. Vladi played really well for us in the first. So uh, if it wasn't for him, it would have been more goals against there you go. There's uh, Captain Michael Backlund post game tonight following a 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild. It's your Flames Talk post game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's select tonight's player with heart. Brought to you by Heart Fit Clinic. I'm going to go with Dan Vladar tonight because I thought he, he got a bit of a, a rough ride. And I'm not criticizing the move to pull him because I understand it. I just think the way he played, played really well. 
not one of those three goals I put on him. And then on top of that, he kept his team in it in a huge way in the first period. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's watching the final 38 minutes of this one. Again, I'm not criticizing the decision because I actually understand the decision. I just think it's kind of unfortunate for Vladar the way he played. So I'm going to go Dan Vladar as tonight's uh, player with heart. He made 13 on 16, but I, I, I really liked what I saw from him, especially in that first period. The game could have been over after 20 minutes if it weren't for four, five, ten bell stops from Vladar in the opening frame. Your player with heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office. Visit HeartFit.ca. Uh, okay, let's uh, go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time tonight. Let's hear from Nazem Kadri following this one this evening. We, we've talked a lot about the starts and again, two periods where you allow opening goals and really honest. What does the team have to do to change that uh, trend? Yeah, I don't know. Of course, something a little bit different. I mean, of course, we want to be ahead of games and, you know, establish, uh, you know, a good first period. You know, we kind of sucked in the first period today, but, um, you know, we're going to have to make some adjustments and uh, figure it out. Have you ever been on a team that's had this many games where you give up the first goal and in 20 of 21 games you trailed as well? Like yeah. This is an on In the first period or is it all game? Throughout the whole game. Throughout the whole game, yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough maintaining a lead in this league. And, uh, you know, something that, you know, is uh, you, you don't take for granted for sure. Of course, that's ideal to hop out to a, to a lead and, um, you know, try to protect that lead. But, of, of course, there's a lot of good teams. And, of course, we got to try to do something different. I mean, it's a good sign that we're comfortable playing from behind, um, which is really good. But, uh, you know, we've got to find a way to score first. What can those different things be? Uh, I don't know. Just try to maybe simplify a little early. It's hard to figure out the recipe. I think, uh, you know, some early shots uh, creates a, a bit of a scramble. And just try to find a way to get the crowd in it early. Can the physicality a guy like AJ showed be a way to get you guys into games early like that? I'm not saying the fight necessarily, yeah. but that physicality be a way to get into games? Of course, I think so. I mean, that's a certain way to engage for sure and get yourself into it. Um, you know, it was a great great fight by AJ, you know, stepping in there and, and you know, realizing that we needed a spark, and uh, that takes guts. So, uh, you know, good on him. It's a good scrap, but uh, collectively as a team, you know, we've we'll, we got to start better. Is it, is it tougher maybe to get emotionally engaged on, you know, like a Tuesday night versus an American opponent versus, say, a Saturday night versus a Canadian opponent? Like, how do you manufacture that same energy? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it can be difficult, but, you know, that's that's our jobs. That's, you know, we got to uh, be professionals in here and, and understand that it uh, doesn't matter who com- who comes in. I mean, that's what great teams do, great teams that I've been a part of is, uh, you know, they show up every single night uh, with the same game plan, they execute at the same level, whether it's a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, whatever it is, and, uh, you know, clearly we've got to do a, a better job at that. That is Nazem Kadri post-game following a 5-2 loss to Minnesota. Our final look inside the Flames locker room. Let's uh, look ahead. Looking ahead time brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Oncolytics Biotech. Dot com And uh, next up for the Flames, they will take on the Carolina Hurricanes at the Dome on Thursday night. That is a 7 o'clock face-off right here on Sportsnet 960, the fans. So that is the next one for the Flames against Carolina. That is game five of a six-game homestand. 
The homestand actually wraps up on an afternoon game coming up on Saturday when they take on the New Jersey Devils. Then the Flames are off for a three-game road trip after that, which starts against the Colorado Avalanche. But in terms of the Flames and their recent success or recent record against the Carolina Hurricanes, who's next up for them, uh, last year saw the Flames go 1-1 one and one against Carolina. They took a 3-2 overtime win against them on October 22nd of last year and then fell 3-2 in Raleigh on November 26th. Overall, Flames have actually lost five of their last six against Carolina. They are 1-1-4 uh, one, one, and four in their last six head-to-head matchups with the Hurricanes. That is your, uh, that is looking ahead rather, looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Dot com. Uh, okay, let's get back to the text line at 960-960 this evening. Starting with this one from Seb. Uh, says the Flames are their own worst enemy tonight. Sleepy pace of play, playing from behind, sloppy passes, and a lack of situational awareness allowed a surging wild team to chew them up. Never felt like this game was in was within reach. Hopefully a teachable moment for the squad going forward. I'm with you on that one. Uh, I, I never felt like this one was within reach, especially early on in the uh, especially early on in the second period. Uh, this says that Solovyov interview was the most interview was the most honest interview I've ever heard. Ilya, respect. Uh, I don't know what happened tonight. Disorganized, lazy by some. It almost felt like the team showed up drinking Red Bull. The other half took a sleeping aid. Vladar had no help. You could tell after the third goal, his entire confidence left. It was a good move by Huska to pull him, but why can't any defender on this team check a player at the corner of the net? Hannafin was right beside the guy. They all do it. Seems like basic hockey. The team just didn't gel. They fell back to their early season habits. Maybe the team needs to get back to enjoying the game. So much frustration from some and just no emotion from others. That comes from Kyle. This from Noah. Pat, I think it's time management takes a long look in the mirror. It's time for a rebuild. This team isn't winning cups anytime soon. I think it's time to blow it up and trade the guys on expiring deals and who are lukewarm on staying. Love the show. Um, And I think the first step, is you got to make your decision on the UFAs. Now, you don't have to make it today, but, you know, it's it's March 8th is the trade deadline. You got three games between now and then, uh, three months, rather, between now and then, more than three games. And and I think you've got – they're they're back to two games below 500. They're 10, 12, and 3, and I know they're on the fringes of a playoff race right now, but you don't have contracts signed with Tanev or Hannafin or Lindholm. I think at the very least right now, I'm not suggesting that you couldn't re-engage on contract talks if you really wanted to but I think right now you got to be exploring trades and at the very least starting to build value and trying to start getting that dialogue and I think Craig Conroy already has to be perfectly honest I know he has like we, we know that the trade conversations are being talked about right now so I think you just need to continue to have that dialogue continue to build up some value and and see if you can't get your price met on your pending unrestricted free agents here um this from Sam. Pathy's starts and bad defensive lapses are killing this team. I felt tonight Dubé had a rough night, among others. Was there any particular reason Pospisil was stra- scratched tonight? Though I don't think goaltending was the issue. Who do you go with between the pipes against Carolina? Okay, uh, first question was on Pospisil. It was more just a reset. I, I think that... Um, 
I think you'll almost certainly see him back in against Carolina. It was more of a, okay, you're a young player. It's your first time, full-time in the NHL. We're going to take you out for one, reset, and bring you back in. I think that was the reason why they went with Pospisil as a healthy scratch. My guess is we'll see him back in Thursday against Carolina. Then the other question was, who do I start in net? I start Vladar. I go right back to Vladar on Thursday. I thought he played well tonight. The poll was not based on his performance it was trying to shake up the team and then i go dustin wolf against new jersey on saturday afternoon um this from vince they're a middle of the league bubble team to make the playoffs they work hard to get to 500 then struggle to get over that hump this becomes exhausting on the team they need better starts dube and manjapani need to show urgency they've been non-existent ruzichka needs to sit not pospisil sloppy game too many turnovers uh, this reads, I don't have anything original to say, I'm afraid. Obviously, you can't start behind the eight ball all the time and win. This slow start syndrome they have is a carryover from last year. I was feeling pretty good about them on a win streak, but they seem to have an unfortunate tendency of pulling the rug out from under dumb fans like me. Um, I don't think that you're a dumb fan. I think that's that's mean. Um, but. Pulling the rug out? Yeah, that sometimes happens. Dale and Drumheller says, never a good side when the highlight of the night is your third-pairing defenseman's post-game interview. At least Solovyov guaranteed a win on Thursday. See the next Messier. Don't think he's the next Messier, but uh, it was a good post-game interview. He was great. Uh, Scott from Strathmore says, love the show, and I listen to the podcast almost every day. Thank you and the rest of the team for all the hard work. Regarding the giveaway discussion, based on the teams you listed in general intuition, I feel like mediocre teams or good teams that are really struggling are going to dominate in that category. The team needs to be good enough to actually have the puck, but bad enough to give it away often, if that makes sense, which may explain why a team like San Jose doesn't look so bad in that category. They never have the puck. I think that stat should be looked at similar to plus minus. Good for showing short term trends within a team, but maybe not so much when comparing to other teams looking at the season as a whole. Just my thoughts on that conversation topic. I think that is bang on, Scott. That is a perfect way to phrase that one. Um... What else we got? Uh, thank you to Tyler for the kind words after the, the Robert call. Um, again, um, I, I got I got no problem with Robert yelling at me. I really don't. I just like to have conversations um, with with him, and that's that's all that that part was about. Robert is absolutely entitled to be as frustrating, uh, frustrated rather, as as he was, uh, and he was frustrated. Uh, this from Brenda. That game made my eyes bleed. Watching the guy put a log on the fire on the fireplace channel would have been more excited. Uh, exciting. Disappointed the guys didn't rally around the goalies. It might be unorthodox, but would it make sense for Huska to call a timeout after an early goal goes in? I don't know. At this point, can't say no to that. I mean, the starts have been that poor. Um... This says it's clear the Flames are an inconsistent team. Uh, for success, a team needs to be ready, willing, and able. I think the team has the ability and are willing to win, but they've been inconsistent. I'd prefer to have a team that lacks ability but has readiness and heart. Uh, this from Brett in Calgary. I think we share the same view that they can retool and don't have to rebuild based on trading the UFAs and turning it around with some younger good players and picks. My question then, who would be those younger players you'd be curious about? Well, I think Zeri for sure. He's been great. Pospisil, of course. Coronado, Jeremy Poirier, Solovyov, Dustin Wolf. Um, 
a little further down the line, Hanzek and Moran, but they're a little further away. But those would be the young players that I think if you could hit on three or four of those, and when I say hit, I mean them be what you kind of thought they were going to be, uh, not not that they turn into number one overall generational players, but I think Zeri has hit on what the Flames are hoping. Uh, 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 right now, he's a good middle six forward who I think's got some really solid top six upside on the wing, and he's been that for them. So, so far you've hit, and if he continues to progress and clearly becomes a top six winger on this team, then he has fulfilled what I think was was the projection when you drafted him. And if you can have that with Pospisil and maybe Coronado and, and Wolf projects as, you know, they drafted him in the seventh round, I grant you that, but, you know, right now he projects it being a number one goalie. If he can be a number one goalie and then you get a few of the picks that you acquire in some of these trades that you might make for the UFAs and, and one or two of those hit, well, then all of a sudden you're talking about a much different and 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 much uh more promising direction when it comes to the future that's that would be how i'd answer that one brett i think uh that's a, a really fair uh, a really fair text as well great stuff on the text line at 960 960 appreciate it as always let's uh get back to the phone lines as we start to wrap up on the phone lines as well five two final flames fall to the minnesota wild tonight we got time for sean what's going on sean Hey, thanks for taking my call. No problem. Um, What's going on tonight? Oh, well, listen, I've been, I'm 60, almost 65. I've been, I was here when the Flames first came. And what I'm seeing right now is this team has no, um, no long-term goal. Like either you're going to rebuild or you're going to tear it apart. If you're going to tear it apart, for example, the trade for, for, um, Oh gosh, the defenseman. That Zadorov? one. Zadorov. Thank you. Zadorov should have never happened. It doesn't matter if the if the if the room if the room doesn't like it, whatever. You know you're going to tank, whatever. Keep him. Keep him till when there's trade the, the trade the trade deadline comes later in the year. You're going to get more for him. Not a third round pick to your one of your biggest adversaries. That is ludicrous. Um, so you got to get – I think you have to have a goal. Okay, we're going to tear this team up. We're going to start from you. And let's get on with it because we keep doing the same thing. We keep bringing in people, signing people like Huberdor. That should have never happened. Stop doing that. Tear it down. Start from the beginning. Start with the young people and, and young the young guys. And because we're going to go this over and over and over again, and it gets really tiring, and you're going to start losing a fan base if you don't start doing something different because we're doing the same thing over and over again. I know that sounds – I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but you've got to have a goal. You've got, to, you've got to say, yes, we're a rebuilding team. No, we're not a rebuilding team. No, well, whatever. We're going to try to make the playoffs. No, we're not going to try to make the playoffs. The hell? We're not going to do – we're not – even if we get in the playoffs, we're not going anywhere. Rebuild, do like Chicago. Do you know? Do something different. That's what. That's where I'm coming from. I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, I I, I hear you. I, I I know where you're coming from. I don't I don't fully agree. Like I, I don't agree on the Zadorov front, but uh, on on and and I you know I don't know if that is what they're going to do. But I, I fully hear where you're coming from, man. And and where your 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 point is is absolutely like well heard for sure. 
No, because think about this too, Rob. You got players like your key players, like um, you got Hannafin, you've got um, Lindholm, whatever. You don't even know if you're going to get them back again. So the team's playing. You're going to lose some of your best players. So, like to me, it's well. They're not going to lose those. They'll either they'll either re-sign those guys or trade those guys. So you don't have to worry about those guys walking for nothing. No, 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 no. I understand that. But if you're going to trade them, whatever, because you're not sure if they're going to resign, then that says to me a signal, well, you know what? Let's rebuild it. If they don't even know, they're not giving you a commitment now, trade them. Trade them towards the deadline, like Zadorf. You should have waited and traded them. And get the most you can, and let's rebuild this thing, and let's get a, let's get a contender back in Calgary. That's all I'm saying. All you right, know? Sean. And I'm not, sorry. Does that make sense, or am no, I? No, I was just. Yeah. No, no, it it makes sense. Like I know where you're coming from, man. I I I, I fully do, and there's lots of people who uh, agree with you that are would would be a hundred percent on board with you. I know because okay. One question I'll just ask you honestly: with this team right now, the way it's set, and with all our, uh, we don't know if this if if our best. Our best um, centerman's coming back. We don't know if our one of our best defense will come back. Or do you honestly think that we stand a chance with it this year or next year to even coming close to contending for a Stanley Cup? <laughs> I I sure don't see it. Yeah, I, I I'm. I, that, that's why I'm very much in favor of the team moving on from these UFAs. I, I believe that they've got an opportunity to to move these guys and and um, and and that's Let's, if you can get first round picks for Lindholm and Hannafin along with your first round pick, like you can start to build something here. So exactly. I, I, I think I think they've got a really big opportunity in in front of them. Exactly, and then you know what. You're, you're in a city. I've been here a lot. Like I told you, I've, I've been here, and I've seen this Flames when they first came. Scalbany brought them in. I've, I've been here. Um, this is a patient city in a way. If you show like you're going to, okay, we're, we're going to send a, a strong signal to the fan base. You know, we're tired of this. We're going we're gonna, to we're, 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 we're lose for a couple of seasons, but we're going to go for it. I think there are a lot of fans would say, "Okay, let's do that. Let's let's take a couple of bad years and then let's rebuild instead of doing the same thing over and over." Saying, "Oh, well, we're going to try to make the playoffs. Oh, we're going to try to make the playoffs." The hell with making the playoffs right now. Let's just scrap it and let's just rebuild. And I bet you, you're not going to lose. Okay, you're going to lose some fans. You're not going to lose the diehard fans. I, I I think I do believe Sean and and I, I do believe that th- this is a I think there'd be lots of people who'd be okay with it if they were to do that. I would be. I'm a, I'm a diehard fan. I'll still be a diehard fan. But let's do something different. We're not. We're doing the same thing over. And, how many since 1989 when we won the cup? We, we said, okay, we're going to be good enough. We're good. The only time we came close was was 04, right? We almost won it. We should have yeah. won it. That was a, that that goal was a goal. But we we just. After that, we just keep doing the same thing. Let's just rebuild. Let's get some young talent like that Zari. Okay. Let's no, just... Sean, I got you. I, Sean, okay. I, I, and we got to move on. But I, okay, I feel no you. Okay, no problem. Uh, hey, thank you. Thank you for your time. You, thanks for the call, man. You be well. All right. You take care, man. Let's uh, say hello to Matt. What's going on, Matt? Hey, Pat. How's it going tonight? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. 
Uh, just wanted to get your take on how long you think Markstrom might realistically be out. I mean, a broken finger it's on his blocker hand, I understand. And uh, just wondering, Correct. like, is that a week, you think, or a couple weeks? I, I'm going to guess, like... Somewhere in the two week range is is kind of what uh, is kind of what I'm thinking, but that's that's a guess. I mean, Ryan Huska made it seem this morning on Tuesday morning. He said, you know, week to week, could that be a week? Could it be just a little bit more than a week? So I I, I think I think two weeks seems like a fair ballpark. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and the blood part, like I I heard there was blood on the ice during practice. Like that that seems. Uh, Concerning as well as like if it just got hit by a puck, it must have ruptured something or or done some damage further than just a break. I don't know, um, but he doesn't need surgery, so it's it's not a severe severe fracture. Right, right. Um, just touching on a little bit of what the last caller had to say with regards to these free agents. Um, I know they're looking to get as much return for them as they can, but I'm thinking like. Out of any of them, in in my mind, I'd love to see Hannafin resigned. Especially this, like he looks really sharp this year. He's been moving the puck well and, and jumping up in the play and getting in there and and putting pucks on on the net. And I think like he looks really sharp compared to his previous years. And to consider that he's only uh, six or twenty five this year, he turns uh, twenty seven in January. In feels like he's been in the, the league for like a, a decade almost and i mean a lot of times they, he almost they has a little bit more yeah yeah so i mean i think out of any of those ones i'd love to see them resign him he's he's kind of a great foundational piece back there on the blue line especially if they anticipate losing tanev and and i mean i think him and weegler weegler play pretty complimentary hockey so i'd uh, love to see them resign him um yeah, I mean, t- as for tonight, it was it was tough to tough to watch. Those guys, they come out and it looks like they come out hot, and then all of a sudden, a couple goals and they they look booted all of a sudden. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of productivity from the back end, and 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 having uh, you know Weger engage in the play, it's always positive to see that. And I think I heard on the drive home show you mentioned um, he only got his first goal last year around like late december right at the 37th or 38th game so uh positive to see him. yeah it was new year's scoring. eve yeah uh, yeah i mean it's, it's positive to see him scoring so early on so um really enjoy watching the defensemen uh and you know get into the play and, and help make make a little bit of offensive production as well yeah and they that that's been and and especially knowing um what this team is it's uh that's gonna be important like that's gonna be a really important part of what they do is um you know having their blue line involved i I think that's that's a big part of of how they're going to go about their business this year because they don't really have those generational forwards that are going to take over games or anything like that so yeah i think having uh, having their blue line be involved is going to be a, a real key to their success this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think offense by committee as opposed to ex- expecting uh, production out of that kind of top three like we did a couple years back with Johnny, Kachuk, and Lindholm. So 
um, you know, it's, it is positive to see that the players are kind of buying into that and, and actually, uh, you know, participating in the play much more than just kind of handing off the reins to somebody else. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited as they've drawn closer to 500 and, and uh, you know, shown us they've shaken off some of that new coach rust and, and some of the growing pains that come with having a, a, a new system in place. So, um, yeah, anyways, I just uh, – I never called in before. I always listen to you on the drive home from work and enjoy the show and enjoy you and uh, Vic talking there. So um, just wanted to call in and say thanks for what you guys do and uh, appreciate the uh, all the insight I get into the, the team itself. So, yeah, I'll let you get on to well, the thanks. next caller, Pat. Thanks for listening, Matt. You be well, man. That's awesome. Likewise, man. Have a good night. Okay, you have a great night as well. That'll do it on the phone lines. Your final score, Flames fall 5-2 to the Minnesota Wild here at the Scotiabank Saddledome tonight. Great stuff on the phone lines tonight. Great stuff on the text line tonight at 960. 960. We had uh, Robert, who was very, very upset. Lots of other uh, texts and calls that were not super thrilled about the way things went uh, on this one tonight either. It was an ugly game. They were no good tonight. They uh, deserve to lose 5-2. They probably deserve to lose worse than that. Uh, Let's get to tonight's final summary on our Flames Talk post-game show. Minnesota led for 58 minutes and 34 seconds tonight. Um, And it started with Marcus Foligno making it 1-0. Foligno with his third of the year from Mitch Boldy at the 126 mark of the first period. Wild were up 1-0 after 20. Two more early in the second. Kirill Kaprizov makes it 2-0. Four 45 seconds in with his eighth of the year. Kaprizov from Marco Rossi and Matt Zuccarello. And then 45 seconds later, Matt Boldy scores to make it 3-0. His fourth of the year unassisted at the 130 mark. 3-0 wild. That spells the end of Dan Vladar's night. He's pulled after allowing three goals on 16 shots. In comes Dustin Wolf the rest of the way. Flames do get on the board shortly after. Michael Backlund scores his sixth of the year to make it 3-1. Mackenzie Weger and Rasmus Anderson the assist at 650. But the Wild regain that three-goal lead on the power play later in the second. Boldy again beautiful redirect to make it 4-1 his fifth of the year, second of the night from Kaprizov and Jared Spurgeon at 13:58. power play goal and it was 4-1 wild after 40. Flames get an early one in the third Connor Zeri redirects home his fourth of the year from Ilya Solovyov and Nazem Kadri at 137 of the final frame to get the Flames a little bit of life, down 4-2 for Solovyov, he records his first career NHL point but any of that momentum goes away uh, about five minutes later when Joel Eriksson and Eck makes it 5-2 wild. Uh, his 12th of the year from Marcus Johansson at 6:49 to get us to our 5-2 final score. Final shots, 30-29 in favor of the Flames. Calgary 0 for 3 on the power play and Minnesota 1 for 3 with the man advantage tonight. Your three stars, number three, Joel Eriksson Eck, number two, Carol Kaprizov, and number one with three points, Matt Boldy with the loss. Calgary falls to 10, 12, and 3. They're back in action Thursday at home to Carolina. Minnesota improves to 9, 10, and 4. They're back in action Thursday on the road in Vancouver. That's your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Corey Sarich, for our on-site engineer 
Engineers, Tim Khalil and Evan Cody, for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Azamali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up for the Flames, Thursday night here at the Dome, game five of this six-game homestand against the Carolina Hurricanes. Seven o'clock face-off. We're on the air at six o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome tonight. Ugly one for the Flames. They fall 5-2 to the Minnesota Wild. This has been your Flames Talk pod, uh, Flames Talk post-game show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.